0: This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Friday, May 5th, and what a busy week it was. The major theme this week across all our programming, reviewing the 13-player haul in the 2023 NFL Draft, the process of taking all 13 players, plus what those picks mean for the future. Future of the roster. The review started Tuesday morning on Jags Drive Time with Brian Sexton
1: and John Osier. All right, let's get started with big things here on a Tuesday morning from TIAA Bank Field. And we'll start with the big guy, Anton Harrison. He was apparently their guy all along. And John alluded to the stories yesterday. Peter King in his Football Morning in America column referenced the fact that the Raiders were talking about moving back and taking him at 12. So for the Jaguars to sit at 27 with the addition of draft choices from two moves back. Puts them in a position with the player they want in a position that they needed.
2: There's a lot of consistency in his game. Um, you know, you love everything about his length and, and athleticism, how he moves, his strength. You know, all things, as, as Trent mentioned, that, are, that, that will fit us. And, um, you know, we're just excited for, for Anton and, and uh, just getting in that offensive line room, getting around, you know, the other, the other guys in that room and uh,
1: getting, to, getting to work. And that'll start next week when the rookies arrive for minicamp. Big thing, too, the board. Look, the Jaguars didn't go into the weekend thinking we're going to put together the largest draft class in franchise history. This was not thought to be a deep draft, not thought to be a draft beyond the fourth round that had a lot of pop. But the Jaguars saw the board fall that way after many attempts to use the capital and move back up. Failed? Well, they just stayed put and picked.
3: We tried to trade up today. We went through 15 or 16 teams when we were trying to trade up. Every team behind us, and not one would make a move. So you know, that happened to us several times. Uh, and the times we were able to trade back, we just felt at the time that we could trade back and get the players that we were planning on picking anyway, and, and, and we're able to do that. So it's just how the draft went this year.
1: And finally, better, because that's what you hope that this draft class does is make your roster better. John, you reverence Tank Bigsby, and a lot of folks are thinking, well, he didn't do that much when he was at Auburn, but Alabama offered him, in suburban Atlanta where he grew up, Alabama offered him his freshman year in high school. He's a five-star prospect and a guy who made the most of his opportunities at Auburn, but that's sort of how the entire 13-member draft class pans out. They're good football players. Who have an opportunity to, no matter what their circumstances were at Auburn or Texas A and M or wherever they played college football, come in and compete here in Jacksonville to make the Jaguars a better football
4: team.
2: Yeah, we have to improve as a football team. We still left a lot of a lot of plays on the field last last fall, both sides of the ball, really all three phases. And 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 so for us, it's it's not focusing on other teams as much as it is. Just us getting better, um, and and it, it'll start this off and it will carry over into training camp. But uh, we have to we have to improve. But it is it is nice knowing that you have, you know, the one piece, which is a big piece. Obviously, the quarterback position.
1: And those are big things. Just to give you one more. I mentioned Bixby, um, the safety Antonio Johnson, who went to Texas A&M, was the number two safety prospect in America behind only Brian Branch, who went in the second round of the Detroit Lions. So just because these aren't guys that maybe you watched every weekend, and those two are guys that we saw in the SEC, doesn't mean they weren't highly thought of prospects with an opportunity to come in here and do something.
5: Yeah, a couple things on the big things. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails saying, well, the Jaguars gambled by trading back and then couldn't trade back up, so that makes the draft a failure. I got, well, and... If, if Brian, big if, if they had indeed gambled, I could see that thought. But the trade backs that netted the four additional picks, I think I'm getting the math right. They had four additional picks. They went in with nine, came out with 13. Um, Had they lost players that they wanted, then I could see those being gambled. If you had said, okay, we really want Anton Harrison, I'm sorry, uh, so we're gonna trade back and then lose Anton Harrison to gain those picks and then not be able to use them. Then your plan failed. As it was, they traded back three spots to get three of the picks and still got the guy they wanted. They traded back uh, Brenton Strange, uh, I forget how far, five? Yeah. And, and, but one at Brenton Strange. For 56 to So 67. there was no loss, therefore no risk. So they couldn't use the capital that they got, so they just stayed put, but it didn't cost them anything to do it is my point. How many times, Brian? And this is—I uh, understand why people think about the draft this way. Uh, the other criticism I've heard is, well, you need to get starters in the first three rounds. Okay. Well, I think Anton Harrison can be a starter. Immediate starters. Well, st- starters. Okay. Harrison's get, going to be right. How Walk. many times? Let, the NFL is not a league of eleven on eleven. Right. I I know personally there were times last year where I said to myself I wonder why they're not like using more tight end packages. Um just and then the second thing I I wondered a lot is well wonder what they're going to do if they don't have Travis in the second half of the season. Okay as a legitimate
1: guy to come in. I Travis Etienne. Jermichael yeah, Hasty was a nice change of pace, insert big touchdown guy. Absolutely,
5: and he, he filled a role. I think he's a nice NFL player. But not an every downback. But I don't know that you want him starting and being the reliable. Well, now, if they don't have Etienne, you're not panicked anymore. So how worried would you have been late in that playoff run if they hadn't had Travis
1: Etienne on the field. Etienne made one of the plays of the year with the 25-yard run there to set up the game-winner against the Chargers.
5: So you need about 14, 15, 16 guys offensively. Five five offensive linemen and and the quarterback are always going to stay the same. The other guys, Doug likes having 10 or so guys for those six spots. The draft this weekend gave them two more guys that I think – He feels like at some point this season are going to be legitimate parts of that puzzle. That's not nothing.
1: Here's the other thing. And Trent mentioned this in his news conference on Saturday night. Undrafted rookie free agency has gotten to be an expensive proposition because teams are out there competing and throwing dollars around. So with the extra four picks, you basically got a jump start on guys that you were interested in bringing in as undrafted rookies. You were able to secure their services without bidding against other teams for them. And roster management will become incredibly difficult, challenging, and important next year if the Jaguars go ahead and give Trevor Lawrence his you know, first bite of that big apple, mm-hmm. which is now we know more than $53 million. So having extra picks gives you extra flexibility, gives you fixed-cost labor. I don't want to say cheap labor because nothing in this league is cheap. But they're going to play at a fixed cost for mm-hmm. a couple of years, which helps you manage – the upper end of the roster, and quite frankly, we've never seen it in Jacksonville. We've right. never seen the mega contract. You, you can say Nick Foles, but it was one year. We've never seen that you've got to manage it over time because it was never there, and they've never had that guy.
5: Yeah, and they um, – 53 guys is kind of a misnomer in this league now. You really need about 60. Yeah, Some of these guys will be practice squad guys to start, I'm sure, but they'll be available guys. They'll be parts of the puzzle. Um, look, I'm not sitting here saying that it was it, – it was the sexiest draft I've ever seen. But if you're going to pick 27 to be at the bottom of the draft, I, I, I covered an awful lot of drafts with the Colts that, that uh, weren't very sexy, and they kept going to the playoffs because they kept having good players late in the first round.
0: Jags Drive Time airs Tuesday mornings on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social media channels. Moving now to the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, John Ogier, and I discussed what first-round pick Anton Harrison brings to the table on the offensive line, plus the depth in that room.
4: Look, a lot of players. I mean, just when you think about the sheer numbers, 13 players vying for opportunities on the squad, uh, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for the Jaguars to upgrade the talent behind the starters, also fill in some gaps, but also create competition on what should be a team that is one of the best teams in the AFC.
5: Yeah, and I know that people want splash in drafts, and I feel like they did what they wanted to at the top, Um I keep thinking back to the fact that this was a team for, I felt, three or four years uh, before last year with a substandard roster. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2021, Urban's year, transfers You Remember, they signed all those free agents, JP, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Bucky uh, was with us, that felt like making up for lost drafts. You know, felt like uh, trying to make up for speed that wasn't there anymore. For So at some point, if you're going to get back to being the kind of roster you want, those guys that they were signing as free agents that year, if you follow me, have to be young draft picks going into their second and third year and being with the team. So if out of 13 of these guys, not all of them are going to be good, but if if eight or nine of them are really good players who you feel good about, five or six out of that group develop into guys that you love by year three or four, then you've, you're raising the talent and the youth and what you like. You're raising it back up and that had to be done at some time. I don't think they went into the draft thinking that was absolutely the plan, but I do feel like that should be a side effect of this.
4: Yeah, it absolutely is a side effect. I mean, those are the things that you want. Those are good problems to have. Uh, This is, or this will be by far the most talented roster that this team has had in a long time in terms of just eliminating some of the glaring holes and weaknesses in the roster, creating a situation where you actually are trying to build depth as opposed to trying to fill out starting lineups. And then you have a chance to also develop young players. And so if you are sitting here now, you're Trent Barker, you're Doug Peterson, you certainly like where the program is at, but you also are pushing to get this team ahead of the other guys i think last year just kind of wet the appetite a little bit in terms of going to the postseason being able to win a playoff game uh losing in the divisional round to the team that eventually won the super bowl uh, i think all eyes are on experiencing things beyond what they experienced last season
0: it's the huddle up podcast all right let's go through some of these picks and we'll start off at the very top of course first round jaguars trade back twice to get some day three picks They end up selecting Oklahoma tackle Anton Harrison at number 27 overall. And after the draft buck, Doug Doug Peterson said that he's going to play right tackle. Let's go. Put him in there right away and see what the kid
4: has. You know, I think it's really interesting that they bring him in and that Doug Peterson has already said he's going to play right tackle because the guy that he replaces is very similar to uh, what Anton Harrison is and what he could be as a player. Super long uh, super uh, rangy and athletic, but the overall skill set is pretty raw. When you think about Juwan Taylor and how Juwan Taylor entered the league, he also was a guy who had great physical tools, great prototypical dimensions and those things, but was raw, needed to be refined and developed in those things. Harrison will need to do that, but he'll just do it as a starter as opposed to a backup. This should give him an opportunity to kind of accelerate his learning curve because he will experience so many reps his first season.
5: How do you see this playing out, Buck? I mean, uh, you've got Cam is going to be on suspension, it, it sounds like. Certainly that's the word. Um, and walk a little over on the left. Obviously it's, it's a good problem to have, and, and a lot of times injuries sort of sort this thing out. But do they all stay in the, in the lineup somewhere all year? You know what I'm getting at? I mean, it, the interesting thing is it feels like – if Doug sat them all down in, their, in his office individually and said, hey, mm-hmm. what position do you feel best at? I think all three would say left tackle mm-hmm. um, because that's what Anton's played. Walker's played his best there, and so has Cam. Again, I think it's a good problem to have because I think you can put your best guys wherever they go. But how do you see that shaking out?
4: Yeah, no, so this would be interesting because uh, you want to play the best five on the front line. Uh, I think the way that they have it penciled in is the way that it will shake out meaning Antoine Harrison will start and probably finish his time with Jacks on the right side. And he's comfortable. He will learn how to be comfortable there because when I told you he was raw and undeveloped, you need to work on a skill set. You might as well work on a different set of tools right now when he's not necessarily in a position that is a pressing need. Uh, Walker Little can play on both sides. He's demonstrated before that he can play on both sides. And so this is one where if you're Doug Peterson – you assess where these guys are when it's time to come off the suspension, and then you make a decision on which crew are you really trying to gamble on uh, as your long-term answer at the spot.
0: And as you said, John, we'll just have to see what happens whenever that suspension is done, what the state is of the line at that point. You don't know. You, you can't really right. tell the future in that
5: regard. Well, we spend so much time, and, and I always try to be conscious of it. You talk all off season about a team – as if you're playing Madden in no-injury mode. Yeah, that's right. If, yeah. if, yeah. if there indeed is one. <laughs> right, life happens in the league. So, yeah. And that's why I thought the draft overall made so much sense because it, and I'm, I'm kind of off-topic, but last offseason, every time Travis Etienne went down, you held your breath on what was going to happen when he went down. Uh, so the depth... I think does matter. But getting back to that topic, they were really healthy last year until they weren't, and then Walker Little was able to come in and play well. Um, I think they got back to where they want to be because I think this team philosophically looks at it like they want seven or eight offensive linemen that can start. Uh, They've got Mm -hmm. Shatley. They've got Anton Harrison now. Um, I don't think they're comfortable with just five and a couple of guys who can come in for a game or two. I think philosophically they want those seven, and I think they got it again.
4: Yeah, it's important that you do that because that's how you determine who gets the jersey on game day. You want guys that can really contribute, not just guys that are hanging out there, but if you ever put them in, you have no chance. And so you're trying to up the end in all areas to make sure that you have that kind of depth on your roster.
0: The Huddle Up podcast runs Wednesday afternoons on the official Jaguars podcast network. The Jaguars are excited to take the field this fall, and we want you here for all the action. For as low as $57 per game, you can join the ranks of the most dedicated fans and become a Jag season ticket member. Find your perfect seats at Jaguars.com tickets or call 904-633-2000. In a moment, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman on what the selection of tight end Brenton Strange could add to the Jags offense. Plus, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson put a bow on draft weekend. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet
1: with one debit card that screams do ball, exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at tiabank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, Member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars
0: Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member. Reserve your 2023 premium seat membership or individual luxury experience today and enjoy guaranteed seats in the best locations, premium parking, a VIP entrance, and club access, and so much more. There's a great lineup, of course, ahead this spring and summer. For more information, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904 Three three two thousand. Let's move down to Jaguars happy hour Thursday and the second round pick, Penn State tight end Brenton Strange. Jeff lagerman and I looked at that selection and how it could cause issues for opposing defensive coordinators.
6: When they made this pick, I had not watched them. You know, I, I watched guys that were viewed as first round talents as far as evaluating those, so which are probably like. I don't know, 60-some-odd 60, 60 guys that I watched in preparation for the draft for, for our purposes on the on the show. So now here's a guy that wasn't on my list. Let me go back and watch him. And I, I believe Darnell Washington was available at that time, the tight end from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, so big, the big guy, number zero. A, a lot of people would have been saying or probably were thinking to themselves, well, how, why would you select this guy, Brenton Strange, from Penn State when Washington is available from Georgia? So I was like, okay, we'll find the answer. Let's turn the tape on. And that's what I did. And when I turned the, the tape on, I went, oh, my gosh. This is a Doug Peterson pick all the way. This guy is going to be an immediate contributor. He is going to hit the field uh, in the ground running. He is, uh, like he was just saying, he's a Y, he's an H, he's a fullback. He can do whatever you ask him to do. He's got the size to be an on-the-line tight end. But I think what he does best is that he's a great space player. When I say space player, a tight end that's off the ball or that blocks in space but then also catches the ball in space. And in today's game, you're looking to find space players. So you're not always looking to find the old traditional six-foot-five, two hundred 280-pound tight end. It's a different game. And this guy is going to fit in this offense – Perfectly, and they're going to love him because he is so versatile. He's an excellent blocker, and not only is he an excellent blocker, he finishes guys and he mauls them. And it's not always easy to find a tight end that can block a guy in space, a defensive back or a safety or a linebacker, because there's too much area for the defender to avoid the block and get back on track. This guy's excellent at it. I mean, and that's that's a rarity. So, uh, excellent blocker. Physical, um, good receiver, powerful after the catch, as you saw in the Auburn game. Uh, And I think he was probably underutilized as a receiver at Penn State.
0: When it comes to how he fits in the scheme with the Jaguars, obviously Evan Ingram at tight end. If you have both tight ends on the field with a running back and two of the top three receivers on the field – how challenging can that be for a defense to cover? Because you, you, you might run, you might throw. Who are you throwing it to? How are you getting it? It makes things extremely difficult.
6: Extremely difficult when it's unpredictable. And when you have tight ends that can do all of the above, yeah. what Brentson just talked about, then defensive coordinators are put in a little bit of a pickle. Are we going to make a call? First of all, you start with personnel. Is our personnel grouping going to be a base personnel grouping to combat a run-oriented tight end grouping? Or are we going to go to nickel? Because they have some wide receiver qualities. Well, with Evan Ingram and this young man, Brenton Strange, I think defensive coordinators are going to be in a little bit of a pickle, so to speak, because they're not exactly sure how they're going to want to play it because they can do both. Evan Ingram can block. Is he a... Dominant physical blocker like Brenton Strange, no. But he's capable and willing, and he's an excellent receiver. Strange is the better blocker, but he also is more than capable as a wide receiver. So that's going to be interesting to see how this package unfolds, because I guarantee you this young man is going to be on the field day one.
0: He's the second highest tight end drafted in Jaguars history. Mercedes Lewis was a first-round pick. And he is, uh, what, 61st overall. Uh, Josh Oliver was a few picks later just a few years ago. I got
6: excited about him, JP. I mean, I, I'm telling you, when I was watching the film, the yeah. more I, I kept going, let me watch another play, let me watch another play. And before you know it, I watched every play that he had this past year in what is a you know folder that they have designated for like a highlight in his ability and stuff, and I watched the whole thing. I was like, man, you know, for a guy that I didn't know about, and so all the the pre-draft prognosticators have a group of tight ends. This young man should have been in that upper tier of tight ends.
0: Jaguars Happy Hour Radio, Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XLAM, 10, 10 XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's close this week with GM Trent Baalke and head coach Doug Peterson in their post-draft press conference Saturday evening.
5: 13 picks, eight of them in the final three rounds. Do you look at those late guys as the equivalent of maybe undrafted free agency in a normal year? Or do you you feel like 13 guys can fit on this roster that was pretty darn good last year and didn't lose a ton?
3: Well, what we tried to do is, you know, Coach and I throughout the process once the day started is look at ways that we could improve the roster, especially on the special team side. And just selecting guys that had a chance to compete for the 53, and as well as special teams, bring bring some added value there, and, and felt really good about the group we got.
5: Did, did you think special teams was not as good as it could have been last year? Because I thought you were pretty decent on special teams, but I'm
3: just you're always looking to get better. You know,
2: always trying to improve. Special teams is just three phases of what what we are as a team, right? Offense, defense, and special teams. And as good as we were, I mean, you're always looking again, just like any other side of the ball, it's a way to, it's a way to get even better. So um, adding the depth and, and bringing, you know, drafting some of these players that we did can help us there.
6: Brian Antonio Johnson, he's a guy who spent most of his collegiate career playing in the slot. Is that your vision for him here in Jacksonville?
3: Yeah, well, he, he's in the slot a lot, but he's a, he's a safety you know, in how they play the defense. So uh, he wasn't you know, man covering a lot of people in the slot. He dropped down, he's more of a box type guy, but uh, again, there's a high character, tough guy, great tackler, you know, just a guy that we fit in, a really good teams guy, he's been a core four guy there his whole career, Uh, really looking forward to him as well, getting in here and competing with that group.
6: Going into the draft, you told us your board was what, 100 and, less than 150 draftable graded players, was it? Was it always your plan to acquire more picks in this draft when you said you had a, a little bit of a shorter
3: board? No, it, it wasn't, but if you look at how it how the draft went, you know, we, we tried to trade up today. We went through 15 or 16 teams when we were trying to trade up every team behind us, and not one would make a move, so... You know, that happened to us several times uh, and the times we were able to trade back we just felt at the time that we could trade back and get the players that we were planning on picking anyway and 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 we were able to do that so it's just how the draft went this year.
2: Hey Doug, I don't know how much Trent, you guys pay attention to what the other teams in the division are doing on a day like or the weekend like this or is that something that you wait for a couple of days to kind of look that way? I know for me personally I didn't pay much attention to it because we were so, in, you know, kind of in, into our draft, you know, and the guys that we were doing. Uh, it's something that we'll take a look at now as we, you know, as we get past this weekend and, and on into the rest of the offseason. Yeah. I, I would assume you noted that they – all three teams drafted quarterbacks. Didn't I, notice that. Yeah, at all. Not at all. Does that – Did they? Well, they did. They did. <laughs> How comforting is that to know – and I think you addressed a little bit the other night – those guys are chasing you because you've got your guy and how comforting it is and how much it takes off your mind to know you've got your guy and you don't have to worry about that. I mean, yeah, it's it's nice to have your guy, obviously. But, but listen, um, you know, there, yes, there's a bullseye on us, obviously. Um, I, I want our team to understand that. And, and we have to, you know, we have to continue to do this. We have to improve as a football team. We still – Left a lot of a lot of plays on the field last last fall, both sides of the ball, really all three phases. And and, and so for us, it's it's not focusing on other teams as much as it is just us getting better. Um, and and it, it'll start this off season, and it'll carry over into training camp. But uh, we have to we have to improve. But it is it is nice knowing that you have, you know, the one piece, which is a big piece, obviously, the quarterback position um, in Trevor Lawrence.
0: The full press conference and all the content from the NFL draft coverage available on the official team website, jaguars.com. That's it for this week. Listen to all our programming on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars podcast network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download your pods. If you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Well, you probably have if you're listening to us now. Either way, we love feedback. So leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented
3: by TIAA Bank.